like yours listens to you and because I talk about garage experts it's not uncommon for me to see in my social media feed other companies that are like hey we can do your garage floors as well but here's what I know about garage experts that is what they do there are a lot of companies that will tell you oh yeah we can do epoxy flooring for you in your garage that's one of 80 different things that we do I've been a firm believer for a very long time that you 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 can only be a real true honed in expert on one thing, uh, maybe to some degree a, a couple of different things, but but the the more that you focus on, the less focus that you have for each individual thing. So you can't be an expert in a lot of things. Not a true, not not as much as as somebody who that's their one focus. And so if you really want it done by people who that's what they do every day. They've been doing it for years. When it comes to the prep work, when it comes to the equipment, when it comes to the knowledge, the experience, when it comes to the highest quality product you can find, then Garage Experts is your answer for the customized storage and the flooring. You can find Garage Experts under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Don't forget Friday tomorrow, uh, a couple of notations here. We've got, of course, the Friday Roadshow, sponsored by Affordable Towing. That is at Scramblers. Godfather's Pizza with KSGF. If you have the app, you'll get a notification tomorrow afternoon about their latest special that is available for two or three hours after the notification. And that is the only place that they make that notification. So you do need to have the KSGF app in order to get that. And don't forget, of course, Godfather's does deliver. And they have four area stores, Battlefield, Nixa, Ozark, and... Springfield. And then we have happy hour four to six retro metro. Christy uh, off air uh, asked her if she was going to come and she said yes, if she can remember. So if you run into her, you'll have to remind her that we do have happy hour at retro metro. Come by anytime between four and six tomorrow and join us. Latest news update. Good morning from Color 10 Studios. I'm Angela Luna. A grant approved this week will put more cameras at the busy Springfield intersections. These cameras are called flock cameras, and they are used to take pictures of license plates, which police can then use to track suspects. Springfield already has 21 flock cameras. Now seven more will be added. These additional cameras come from a nearly $20,000 grant. The city is expecting to get these cameras sometime in the spring or summer of next year. A major fire at the Crosswinds Apartments on South Ingram Mill Tuesday night leaving residents watching helplessly. The building on South Ingram, all the tenants made it out safely, but many are left looking for a place to stay. Now the apartment manager tells Color 10 the safety of the tenants is her biggest concern. All the tenants involved have places to stay, and the Red Cross says they will take care of them going forward. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. Uh, the first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks, home improvements, showers, storms, Possible before noon and mostly sunny. High today of 75, clear 48 tonight. And then 
Sunshine tomorrow, only 67, and the fall weather will be here. Morning wind chill around 45. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Share with us some wisdom, Sister Sarah. Well, for about the last year or so, Quick Draw Gun and Monet, they have been renovating and expanding their store to better serve you as a consumer. And they are now able to stock more firearms and ammo for you. Plus, they offer more services as well. It's a great little shop, whether you are looking to add to your firearm collection, if you are wanting to stock up for ammo for the hunting season that's coming up, or if you are looking to purchase your first firearm and you are wanting the most knowledgeable and the friendliest staff around. Quick Draw Gun, they offer all of that, plus they also offer custom laser engraving and coating services, uh, custom setups, and some gunsmithing services as well. They're a great shop. I love to recommend them regardless of your firearm knowledge because they are going to be helping you out, uh, whatever your knowledge level is. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Quick Draw Gun in Monet under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Uh, someone had texted in did i just hear correctly biden's approving building at the border interesting what the heck uh polling elections this is this is common procedure for the democrat party they implement policies that cause great damage to the quality of life for americans and then they have to scramble to pretend as if they actually support the opposite sort of policies. Uh, I, I don't know that there is a greater example than defund the police. I mean, they were all high and mighty about defunding the police until the results became evident. For a while, they tried to deny the, the, the results. They were claiming that the, the increase in crime was a Republican myth, that these things weren't actually happening, and some still try and take that position. But largely what Democrats have done instead is claim that we were never for defunding the police. Oh, no, that was, oh, there were a few, few extreme Democrats, maybe, but, but oh, no, no, we weren't for that at all. The border, Biden, during that debate... When the uh, it was a, the Democrat primary debate, and he talked about if he got elected president, then all and he said it on this is tell this got broadcast all over the world. If I get elected president, all of all of you who who were sent back home, who were turned away at the border by President Trump, you will be welcome back. And let it be known that the wall was over. They were going to start taking down parts of the wall. They were going to scrap the the uh, uh, the uh, materials that were already purchased and paid for in order to build the wall. And now we have election season, and it's become unavoidable to the average American the the recognition that this is an utter and complete disaster. Whether it is just the border situation itself, the fact that operational control of the border has been handed over to the human trafficking and drug cartels, the sex trafficking, you know, they try to claim that that's a conspiracy, a QAnon, there's no such thing as sex trafficking, but I think most Americans recognize the truth there. The drug overdose, and we're getting into election season. And overwhelmingly, Americans recognize who's at fault for it. So what do they do? Oh, no, I'm telling you, I swear to you. 
before Election Day comes, Democrats will, in some capacity, claim that they never were for removing or breaking down the wall. They've always been supportive of a wall. Not only did Mayorkas yesterday say that we need this immediately because of the severe border situation, the border that we've been told is secure. They continue to say it's secure. They're also having to waive dozens of environmental regulations. The same sort of environmental regulations that they will use to shut everything under the sun down. Now now they're just waving them. That's what you get to do if you're a dictator. On one hand, you can acknowledge regulations. On the other, ah, we'll just waive them. We don't need them. Why? Why are these environmental regulations being waived? The same reason that the oil reserves were drained to historic lows in the lead up to the midterms. It is to try and alter the outcome of the election. That's not how this country is supposed to operate. We are not supposed to have one person in charge that can waive laws, waive regulations, drain reserves that are put into place for emergency purposes only, all for the sake of retaining power. But that's what we have. And because of the democratic component to our republic of people voting for the presidency and and that there are a significant number of Americans that support that sort of dictatorship. This is how we end up where we are today. You've got also the mayor of New York, he's down in Mexico to try and convince Mexicans to stop coming across the border. Well, first off, it Mexico is not the overriding problem in terms of citizens coming here illegally. Now, they're problematic because they allow and help facilitate individuals coming from countries south of their border through Mexico to the U.S. border. But Adams is there. Apparently, he is, who knows what exactly is going on down there, but to try and convince them to stop coming here. Now, how? How? I'd love to hear that pitch. What are you going to do? Go down and be like, hey, I don't know if you've heard, but the days of Giuliani uh, as mayor of New York have been over for some time. Do you know what happens to the average person in New York? You can get raped in broad daylight. You can get attacked by a hammer at any given moment. You can, as a journalist, have some sort of you know professor try to kill you with a machete and then get rehired at another college. <laughs> you don't want to come to New York. Are you out of your minds? Is that the pitch? Meanwhile, we have another historic strike underway, which is a remarkable thing given that this economy is the best that we've ever seen. We are told when a Democrat is running for president, specifically Joe Biden, that the benefit of having somebody like Joe Biden and somebody like Joe Biden's policies put into place is that it will benefit the worker. Biden is the worker's president. And, uh, you know, that building the economy from the ground up, and we're told these policies are working, by the way. 
Bidenomics is working. The working man has it better than ever. Yet at the same time, we have historic numbers of workers going on strike because they say that things aren't working. You've got the lefties out in Hollywood, of course, that strike that had been going on. You have, for the first time in the history of this country, the three major auto workers dealing with strikes. And now we have the single largest strike of medical personnel going on in this country. Does that seem to reflect the positive, successful results of a president that we're told benefits the working man? You know, I don't remember this sort of turmoil with the average worker on such a large scale happening with Trump as president. I remember there were weeks at a time where it was nothing but press release after press release of people getting bonuses, people getting raises, the expansion of jobs with quotes from the average worker about how beneficial this was. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi claiming, that, oh, that's just peanuts. Well, apparently workers liked peanuts because they weren't striking over that. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Striking auto workers warn Biden's green agenda going to wipe us out. Striking auto workers warning that Biden's green agenda, including the electric vehicle mandates, will eliminate their jobs entirely. Yeah, it will. But you can get new jobs. That's the compassionate position that we've oftentimes heard from the left, particularly in the energy industry. Well, you just get another job. See, it's easy for this is I, 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 I have stated the following position that I think people believe to be rhetorical, but it is so absolutely true. The really rich and privileged can afford to be leftist. They can afford to be privileged. That's why this EV thing, the basic entry level, newest Silverado EV is $108,000. $108,000. To the uber wealthy that are left, they can afford that. This is why they don't worry. This is, they don't worry about tens of thousands of auto workers losing their jobs. Because for them, jobs are fluid and they can always get them. They can get a speech somewhere for, you know, like Michelle Obama, was it $750,000, $800,000 she got paid to give a speech in Germany a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the Obamas, people just throw money at them. Your Hunter Biden, just sell a painting or two. If you're some, you know, Hollywood elite, you just, you know, you're being given scripts all the time or you're paid to make, you know, you get paid $50,000 to make an appearance at a party. It For them, money is like apples on, on trees in an orchard in the autumn. It's just everywhere. It's just a matter of which tree you're going to pick the money off of. They can afford to be liberal. That's why in their minds, when they say things like, oh, well, if you're in this industry or that industry, well, you could just get a job in this industry instead, because to them, it's as easy as that. 
Oh, well, this money drives. Just go over here. Let them eat cake. And that's their approach with all of these things. The elites can afford it. They can afford all of these mandates. Oh, a new mandate on a gas furnace going to cost, you know, the average family an extra, you know, whatever, $800 in order to, you think that makes it, that's irrelevant to the uber wealthy. They can afford it. This story is just, you know, and this is connected to it. And I'm telling you this also at the same time. This is when we talk about the failures of government trying to run industry, whether it is socialism, communism, fascism. They're, they're all based on the same idea that government should be calling the shots when it comes to private industry, though in different capacities. And when we talk about how it doesn't work, that's not theory, that's not academic, that is reality. If ever here in the United States there is an example of it, it is what the auto industry is going through right now with the government dictating you will build this sort of car. And the American people, whether you like it or not, these are the sorts of cars that we're going to use our power in government to force you to start buying. And look what's happening in that industry. It's the same thing that happens to every industry in countries that decide the government knows best and they're going to start dictating what the company can provide, what they can't provide, how much it's going to be, and essentially try to run the business. This story, in a plan that specifically states it is to ensure disadvantaged communities are able to benefit from Joe Biden's new demand for and spending on electric cars, the administration is committing $100 million to repair and replace EV charging stations across the country, focusing on disadvantaged communities, so poor areas. Again, this is playing out in the United States of America in 2023. An illustration of government trying to run private industry and why it fails. You have, this reminds me of sort of a bridge to nowhere situation where the government spends ungodly amounts of your dollars in order to try to make something happen that isn't necessary, that isn't wanted. And so you have electric vehicles that are on average, caught, you know, $70,000. You have some of these entry-level vehicles over $100,000. The idea that the average American or particularly underprivileged individuals would be able to afford these, it, that's absolutely in, insane economically speaking. But we live in the world of make-believe. And so what are they going to do? They are going to use taxpayer dollars in order to put charging stations in disadvantaged communities. So the area of the country that is most assuredly not going to have electric vehicles, they are going to be putting these, using taxpayer dollars, uh, charging stations. This is government at work. And just like every country 
that does not believe in a free market system that is run by people who are in government that think, oh, well, we can run this industry. We should be the ones in charge, you know, to make things fair. The auto industry in this country is going down the same path that every industry has gone down in every other country where they've dealt with this sort of situation, and that is total destruction. The American Transmissions Talk at Text Line 447 KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast uh, from Color 10 Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. We got uh, showers and storms possible before noon, then we're looking at sunshine for the most part. High of 75, clear 48 tonight, tomorrow sunny. With a high of 67, morning wind chill around 45. It's going to feel like fall. Caitlin Pack is with us, Springfield Symphony. It's great to see you as always. Great to see you guys too. Is it really? Is it? I always have a great morning when I come out here and see you guys. That's very kind. I feel like we've done our job then. (laughs) I had forgotten this. You did not because you walk in and you're like, hey, I got some info. And last time you were here, we were talking about people being able to pick up tickets at Will Call. And I think I, I was just openly talking about where did that term come from, will call. I'm always curious about origins of phrases and words. And then mm-hmm. also break a leg. I talked about what I had been told it was when I was in theater in high school and so forth. But then I also recognized that there were lots of other explanations. So you did research on this. I did. I did this is your, this is what you do, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the world of performing arts. And so, okay, will call. Let's start for that. And for people who don't know, if you, you get your tickets at will call, that's a little window that you go and you, you get your mm-hmm. tickets whenever the, you know the day of the or i guess it doesn't have to be the day of the performance but it's there at the the venue yeah absolutely so it's it's not really that exciting it's really just a shortened form of saying the customer will call upon the box office to get the goods okay so it just shortened to will call all right so it's almost it's not from the perspective of the purchaser but the mm-hmm. seller yes They'll, they yeah. will call on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty simple. All right. I make, thought that was it really actually cool. makes. Well, see, part of my problem in evaluating it is I was thinking about it from the perspective of the customer, but from the person at the ticket booth, that makes sense. Yeah. They will call. Okay. Break mm-hmm. a leg. All right. Well, that one is a little bit more tricky. Mm-hmm. There's not really any one source to link back to. So there's lots of different theories over All right. the history. So I thought it'd be cool to share yeah, some of them. Yeah, please. Um, so some people say um, what we talked about last time where, you know, you break the leg in a curtsy or a bow. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously one of them. Um, some other ones I've heard and researched on was um, in ancient Greece, the audience didn't clap, but they stomped their feet to show their appreciation. Okay. And so if you stomp your right feet there. quite a <laughs> yeah. lot... Okay. In, in a really excited <clears throat> manner, you might break oh, a leg. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then another one was apparently in Elizabethan times, mm-hmm. so way back when, um, they would stomp their chairs on the ground instead of clapping okay. or their feet. The all right. Did. Okay. So breaking a chair leg meant you were doing a fantastic job. All right. And there's a couple of others that are just really interesting um, where there was a, a leg line back in the days where um, – Actors would be behind the leg line, and they okay. wouldn't. When they got like their big break, they would step oh, forward. Okay, so, little, like if they little, had a more central role yes. character or something, mm-hmm. they, they would, would be brought oh, in the head of the all leg right, line. Interesting. So, yeah, just really interesting theories out there. I'd love to figure out what really it came from, but 
Maybe it's a combination of all of them. Yeah, it's one of those things we may never. It could be completely random. It could have been something that somebody said. It, you know, here you had a, a horrible breakup right before a performance, and and somebody mm-hmm. eight hundred years ago was just like, "I hope you break a leg." <laughs> yes. And then someone else overheard it, not knowing the background. They're like, oh, "I really that, like that. I like that. That has a ring to it. I think I'll start saying that more often." It could yeah. be that. In fact, I'm going to get on the internet and I'm going to post that as uh, legit. Put it on Wikipedia. There we go. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, anytime we are blessed with your presence, it means there's a performance coming up. Yeah, we are really excited. This Saturday, we are having our concert called Rivers. Um, it is a beautiful concert that's um, going to be featuring music based on water and rivers. Oh, okay. So our main bill um, performance piece is Florence Price's Mississippi River Suite. And if you don't know who Florence Price is, she is one of the most amazing American-born composers. She's also mm-hmm. was pretty much one of the biggest, well-known um, African-American mm-hmm. first um, composers here. Ooh. And her music is very much influenced by her background. You have a lot of spiritual work in right. there. Uh, so you have like these recognizable like tunes that mm-hmm. you get in the music, but... It was she was in the was composing in the twenties and thirties, so it has that twenties thirties feel. Okay, but brings cool. in all these other elements. That's just gorgeous. So probably once again something that if a, a person has never been to the symphony and have preconceived notions that they may go, oh well, this is different than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to be a, a cool show because um, we'll have those those pieces in, and then we also have um, Handel's Water Music Suite, okay. which. You know it. Right. You it's might not of, know the right. names, right. but you know the music. Yeah, that's one where you're like, now what commercial is this from? Yes. <laughs> find yourself saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have a third piece um, is the Violin Concerto by Korngold. And Korngold is, um, escaped during World War II and came over to America and got started in Hollywood. So oh. he... Um, was the main composer for the, I think it's the 1932 Robin Hood. So the really old original right, one. Sure. So he was the composer for that film. Okay. He's done a lot of other big composing films as well. Um, so his is very much a more cinematic composing feel. Right. And our guest artist is coming to perform that for us. Very cool. Yeah. Sounds great. So that is one performance. Yes. Saturday evening, 730? Saturday at 730. All right. And as always, people can buy tickets online. Yes, you can buy tickets online or at the door up until the start of the show. And then we have a family four-pack to give away. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. We do. So we're going to do a text on this, correct? Correct. Uh, So you can text the word river. Just river. That's it? All right. The river. Or river. Just River. Just R-I-V-E-R <laughs> to the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, which is 447-KSGF. Don't put any smiley faces or exclamation points because the, the system will not recognize it. It's got to be the word river. And this is, again, good for the concert Saturday, 730. Uh, and we're, the texting is just going to go until 9, and then it shut off and you'll let the winner know, right? That's is that correct? correct? Okay, so there we go. Anything else we need to mention? Is there a behind the baton or anything going on? Or? We do okay. have a behind the baton today. It'll oh. be at uh, about like 545 is when the talk will start. And it'll be at Walnut Street Inn. So we welcome anybody to All come right, and join perfect. us. It'll also be live streamed on our Facebook as well if you can't join us in person. All right. Well, 
It's great to see you as always. Yes, you guys as well. All right, look forward to next time. Caitlin Peck, Springfield Symphony. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Someone texted in after I did the weather. Did you just talk about wind chill? Yes, I did. It's in play, baby. All weather's going to be here Tomorrow soon. morning, wind chill around 45. I'm going to need a jacket. Little windbreaker. Yes. Little something to keep you warm. This is around the time of the year that Friday's at Scramblers before things open. Sarah's like, I wish I had a blanket. Like, why don't you put a blanket in your car? I have a blanket over here and a small heater and know, a blanket in have... my car. Okay. But you know what's even better? Uh, I am doing my Avis long-term rental program. And this is like a little segue here. Oh, look at you. I know. And look at this. The car that I am driving actually has heated seats, which I've used it a couple different times because I got back problems. But uh, it is good for that. <laughs> it is, and it's also got a heated steering wheel as well, which I haven't used, but I probably will. You said tomorrow is the wind chill. Yeah, uh, tomorrow morning. Okay, well, then I'll probably use it tomorrow. Yeah, there you go, in the yes. 40s. Now, the uh, the long-term rental program, if you haven't heard me talk about it, it's a really good way to – they created it to bridge that gap between buying and leasing a vehicle, and it's a good way to test drive a vehicle for a longer uh, period of time if you are looking to purchase a new vehicle here soon. It's also great if you lease your vehicles and you want more flexibility, or if you are a business owner and you are needing to add to your fleet of vehicles, the long-term rental program is great for all of those items plus so much more uh some of the best details when it comes to the long-term rental program is you have no vehicle uh maintenance fees you don't have any trips to the dmv and you can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. And they have everything from Chevy Bolt EVs to Ford F-250s. They have sports cars. They have Jeep Wagoneers. They really do have something for every single lifestyle, every single season. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, just swing by the Avis store here in Springfield. It's located off of Fort and Sunshine. You'll speak to Lauren over there. And, of course, you can find all of the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Days after Joe Biden became president, his Department of Justice sought briefings on Hunter's criminal case, according to newly revealed memos. Well, now, wait, that can't be. We've been told all along that it has been totally, completely hands-off. Merrick Garland, hey, listen. There's no bias here. There's no politics at play whatsoever. Just the News reporting a mere 16 days after Joe Biden assumed the presidency, top officials in his Justice Department raised suspicion among career IRS agents by demanding a briefing on the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden, according to evidence turned over to Congress. So essentially what happened here is the IRS had been doing this investigation, these career IRS individuals. Just two weeks after Biden becomes president, his Department of Justice picks up the phone. They demand to know what's going on. No interference whatsoever. The February 5th, 2021 meeting between U.S. Attorney David Weiss's office in Delaware and some of Biden's new assistant attorneys general in DOJ's Washington headquarters was chronicled in email exchanges between federal prosecutors and IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. Weiss was leading the probe into the first son. 
The five attorneys have the briefing at 1130 with the AAGs, Delaware Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf wrote, to the IRS and FBI agents working the case who were told their regular meeting with Wolf might be delayed by the briefing in Washington. Quote, it's scheduled for an hour, but if we aren't on at 1230, you'll know it ran long. You guys can either start without us or people can log on and we'll shoot an email out when we're done, Wolf said. The recipients of Wolf's email included Ziegler, the IRS case agent, on the Hunter Biden tax probe that was codenamed Sportsman. A short while later, Ziegler's supervisor, Shapley, alerted the IRS chain of command about concerns that Joe Biden's new DOJ officials were asking to join the meeting, including one from the National Security Division that had absolutely zero jurisdiction in the tax probe. Some of the attendees were Biden political appointees. Shapley wrote to his boss, quote, We learned today that USAO and DOJ tax are briefing the new AAG on the tax case today. NSD asked for a briefing so that they could understand the tax side of the case. I don't understand why this matters to them since they're NSD, but I just wanted to give you an update uh, that this meeting was. Well, of course, you understand it if you understand corruption. The request for the briefing escaped public and media notice for two years and is now the earliest known evidence. Yes, evidence of intervention by Biden DOJ officials into the Hunter Biden case. This comes only weeks after reports disclose that Associate Deputy uh, Attorney General Bradley Weishenheimer had contact with Hunter Biden's attorney in May during the effort to negotiate the now-abandoned plea deal that would have spared Hunter Biden prison time on tax evasion and gun charges. The new revelation contained in documents that Ziegler and Shapley turned over during their whistleblowing cooperation with the House Ways and Means Committee is certain to heighten concerns among congressional investigators who are suspicious of Garland's claims that he and his DOJ kept their hands totally and completely off the Hunter Biden probe and left all decisions to Weiss's office, which, of course, we all know it's we know how this works. They make a claim that there was no interference whatsoever. Then, when the evidence shows that, in fact, there was, you have the emails about it. What will we be told about that evidence? There is no evidence. What evidence? Just like the border is secure. Just like there is no such thing as sex trafficking. Just like Afghanistan's withdrawal was a complete success, greatest military success we've ever had. Just like the economy is moving along swimmingly. Just like gas prices are coming down and inflation's under control. Just like the Inflation Reduction Act would reduce inflation. You could do a daily calendar for a year on the declarations made by this administration that turn out to be 100% absolutely untrue. And this is why I also, some time ago, evolved into the recognition that the Democrat Party is not simply a party with some corrupt people in it. It is wholly corrupt. You know, any institution, any grouping of people, you are going to at times have bad players. 
There is a difference between a business, a private organization, an NGO, a political party having bad people in it versus the organization itself being inherently bad. The Democrat Party is corrupt. And we know this because when these whistleblowers, for example, testify about all this with all of the evidence, they trash on them. They call them liars. They claim that there's no evidence when it's right there in front of them. This is not a party that is struggling with some corruption within it. This is a party that is led by and infiltrated fully through with nothing but corruption. And on a daily basis, new evidence is presented And on a daily basis, you and I are told there is no evidence. And this will be no different. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Is your husband coming a happy hour tomorrow? Do you know? We're going to get some happy hour deals. Yeah. What was it I had to eat? Or I was talking about some food item. Oh, the mushroom deal. Mm, yes. And you said, and you guys, I guess you've had that at happy hour. I've never yes, had it. It's really good. But we also like to get the pizza. They typically, well, I don't know about their fall menu now for happy hour deals, but they used to have a pizza yeah. on there and it was a really good deal and it served a lot. It was just, we'd always get it for the table. So good. Uh, love for you to come out. Uh, yeah, you can do some of those, uh, those, uh, food item deals uh, you can also do a full dinner if you want uh, of course drinks they they generally have uh, i know in the past couple of happy hours half price house wines and draft beers um, I, and i think that's generally pretty standard though i can't promise it for tomorrow and they are going to be prepping for saturday's big event they have a huge Oktoberfest. In fact, um, Taylor, who always does such a fantastic job taking care of our lunch bunch, uh, she had mentioned yesterday, she goes, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, when you guys leave, it's not a real, real crazy night late into the night packed-wise, just you know, because they got to start setting up for the big Oktoberfest event uh, the next day, and it's going to be authentic German buffet inside. There's going to be live music outside and all sorts of different fun and games and $5 beers, and it's just going to be a really, really great time, and the weather is going to be perfect fall weather for it. Uh, so there's tons of reasons. Uh, I'm just really, really happy with what uh, Retro Metro and just how great they're doing, and they deserve to do great. Tiny is fantastic. The staff loves him. They love working there. Uh, you can just really tell it. And I've noticed more and more, because you know you have newer places open up, and you just wonder, because you think, well, I go there and people I know, but do other people know about it? And I notice more and more on social media when people will say, hey, we're having some people come in from out of town. Where's a great place to take them? With increasing frequency, I see people posting Retro Metro. And if you've not been there, then you should go and, and see why. But tomorrow, stop by as we're having happy hour. Hang out with us. Uh, we'd love for you to do that. That is anytime between 4 and 6. Uh, FBI, Newsweek has a, a story, an investigative piece, regarding the FBI creating a new category of extremist to investigate, and they're essentially people that don't support the Democrats, largely Trump supporters. 
As the 2024 election season heaps up, heats up, the FBI has created the new terrorism category to include you if you're a Trump supporter. This is taking place at the same time the Biden regime is targeting Trump with over 91 indictments on bogus criminal acts in several states, of course. Via Newsweek, the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbance around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. That would be Donald Trump supporters. Newsweek reporting the challenge for the FBI, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it deems domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliation, even though the vast majority of its current, quote, anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters. Well, of course they are. This according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. Quote, the FBI is in an almost impossible position, says a current FBI official who requested anonymity to discuss highly sensitive internal matters. The official said the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of January 6th, uh, but the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, speak freely, and protect the government by focusing on former President Trump and Trump voters and supporters. The official said the Bureau runs the risk of provoking the very anti-government activities or activists that the terrorist agency hopes to counter. Uh, FBI whistleblower Steve Friend weighed in on the latest report coming out of Newsweek, saying, glad to see Newsweek reporting that everything I blew the whistle about is accurate. The FBI used January 6th to manipulate and artificially boost its domestic terrorism stats. Now, now listen, this is being presented as... You know, the FBI, you know, they're just really having a tough, this puts us in a, in a pretty uncomfortable position because, I mean, first and foremost, we really want to defend uh, your rights, you know, as human beings and Americans. But at the same time, you know, these Trump terrorists out there, these Trump supporters, you moms and dads and grandmas and college students, you know, we got to figure out a way to deal with you. So they're trying to make it seem like they're very reluctant to act as the sword of the Biden administration in order to slaughter any sort of opposition. Now, to draw this back to an earlier conversation, the level of outrage that we are currently watching, the level of you can just feel the anger from the Republican establishment over what Congressman Matt Gates did with the removal of McCarthy, I would love to see that level of outrage over this. What does it say? And, I, and you can do two things at once. I'm not saying that the Republican establishment shouldn't be annoyed or angry or upset at what's going on. But the fact that we that Newsweek is reporting based on classified information that the FBI has officially created a, a category of potential terrorists and they are Trump supporters for the purposes of tracking, like the KGB? I'd love to see even a fraction of the anger expressed by the Republican Party that they are over the speakership situation right now. Tomorrow morning, friends, we will 
See you at Scramblers, and we will. See you at Retro Metro 4 to 6. Hope everyone has a fantastic day. Ooh, don't forget tomorrow, chilly morning. That feeling of fall will be upon us. Glenn Beck is next. I'm Nick Reed.